Third Shift presents The Imposter's Guide to Gaming, your quick fix for gaming news. Here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. Well, 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 everybody. Welcome to IG2G. It's me, Eric, and as always with me is Mr. Matt. Hey, do you guys like football? Because I do, and the season's coming. Get ready. Oh, yeah. Do you like Celtic chicks who are crazy? Well, you know what? We might talk a little bit about that later. Maybe some maybe some little roadhog things that run real fast or like blue. Eric, what roadhog are you talking about? I don't know. That's weird. Like a s- Road- You've been playing too much Overwatch. I know. What roadhog. is it, like a hedgehog or a roadhog? He's always on some kind of track, man. I don't know. What's an echidna? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Or do you like just going ahead and beating the crap out of people with all sorts of crazy abilities and talking all sorts of mad trash? Because we'll be talking about a game that has a little bit of that in it as well. So stay tuned, everybody, because it's going to be an awesome episode. Top 5 Releases First up in the releases, we got Sonic Mania. This released on the 15th of August for PC, PS4, Xbox One, and the Nintendo Switch. Not going to tell you who developed and published it, because Eric will tell you that later in the topics. But this dropped for $14.99, and like I said, Eric's going to tell you all about it later in the episode. Next up, we got Agents of Mayhem. This also dropped on the 15th for Xbox, PS4, and PC. I'm not going to go into it, because I'm going to talk about it later in the episode, so stick around for more on that. Next up, we got Nidehog 2 or Nidhog 2. It's the sequel to Nidhog or Nidhog. This, again, dropped on the 15th for PC and PS4 for $14.99, developed and published by Messhoff. This is a weird kind of 1v1 tug-of-war dueling game. It's really easier to understand it if you watch you know, some videos, some Let's Plays, some trailers. But basically, it's 1v1, you duel, you can put a sword or a knife or any other kind of crazy weapons in, you know, high, middle, and low stance. You fight each other, one hit kills, it's pretty, you know, quick and brutal. And if you kill the enemy, you get to progress with an arrow, kind of like Double Dragon. You get to go ahead to move the stage forward. You move move forward a little bit, and then your enemy spawns back in with a randomly selected weapon. You go at it again, fight, 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 till you reach the end of the stage. You reach the end of the stage, get swallowed up by a big crazy worm as the crowd applauds. This looks like a really fun, wild, strategic kind of couch co-op party game. Lots of fun. I will say one thing looking at it, the graphics on it are really weird and kind of ugly, especially in comparison to the very first game, which had a minimalist, pixely kind of graphic style. But the gameplay still looks just fun and crazy and ridiculous, so go check out Nighthawk 2, especially if you got some couch co-op buddies, or couch versus buddies in this case. Next up, we got Madden 18. This is dropping on the 22nd, same time as this episode, for PS4 and Xbox One. Developed by EA Tiburon, published by EA Sports. I know what everybody's saying. I have it written in my notes right here. I swear to God, if you could see it, you'd you'd be able to read it. My notes just say, well, it's Madden. But the reason I did want to mention this one on the show is that this is the very first time in history that Madden has had a full story mode to a game, not just a my player where you go and just play as your player and every now and then you have a multiple choice thing after the game and you go, oh, look, I got a stat boost. This, you're actually playing as a character, living through his life, going through his tough decisions, dealing with you know depression and loss and a lot of heavy themes. As you're going through all the stress of training camps, mini-games, QTEs, all kinds of stuff, I have heard that the story mode doesn't involve that much actual gameplay, like on-the-field Madden-style gameplay. But both of the reviews that I've seen have been 
comparing it to Telltale in that you have, you know, really impactful, weighty decisions. Like, I think you're trying to get into the league with your buddy, you know, from when you were growing up. So you have choices to betray him, stick with him, you know, try and ditch him, try to move off on your own, all kinds of other crazy stuff. People have been raving about this part of the game. And of course, the rest of the game, it's mad and it's not bad. I mean, it will never be bad, especially nowadays. So go check it out. Check out the story. Check out the Madden. Last but not least, it's a little bit least for me because I've never been a big fan of this series, but everyone else in the entire world loves it. It's Uncharted The Lost Legacy, also dropping on the 22nd for PS4 for only 40 bucks. Developed by Naughty Dog, published by Sony Interactive Entertainment, it's Uncharted. I mean, I could have just put that in my notes. Well, it's Uncharted. This is basically a side story to the major Uncharted series. I believe it takes place somewhere like 6 to 12 months after the events of Uncharted 4. Follows side characters Chloe and Nadine. Originally, this was going to be an expansion or a DLC for Uncharted 4, but they decided to blow it up into its own game, give it to you at a discounted price, I've been hearing a lot of good stuff about it. Even though it's a DLC, there is a lot of you know open areas to explore, a lot of fun combat, a lot of fun stealth. All the things that everybody likes from Uncharted are in this game. It's just a you know more condensed experience. It does have multiplayer and the wave-based survival modes from the main games that you know, and uh, everyone's been saying it's a really good time you know for a shorter Uncharted experience. So go check that out if you're interested. What are we going to talk about this week, Eric? Let's roll into some topics. Number five. To start things off, we've got Sonic Mania. This game I've been paying attention to for a while, really excited for. It just was released as of August 15, 2017. It was developed by Headcanon and Pagoda West Games and then published by Sega. This one's kind of amusing to me because I feel like this was a game that, you know, Sega's like, eh, we'll just let them because these guys have developed some, you know, ported over some of their other games and messed mm-hmm. with and some smaller titles, like I think for the DS or something like that. And now it's like this huge hit. It's out on the Nintendo Switch. It's out on the PlayStation 4. It's out on Xbox One. Everybody's been picking it up. It's been doing wildly successful. All the ratings all over the place have been real positive for it. And what it is, it's an homage, an homage to the uh, old school Sonic the Hedgehog, like, you know, one, two, three. It's mm-hmm. got Sonic. You can play with Tails. You got Knuckles in there. And, of course, you're going up against Eggman. And it's all based on old school 2D sprite gaming. So if you have a fond memory of Sonic, this is the game for you. It takes levels you knew from those different titles and kind of redoes them. So it's not not remastered, per se. But, but remixed. Re- remixed. Because there'll be baddies in places you never knew. Some of the areas are changed up some, so you might not, you know, you're not going to remember everything of this. But you're going to get enough nostalgia out of it because it's going to be Green Hill Zone. There's going to be Chemical Plant Zone. And it's got those classics and then some new ones in, tossed in there in the mix. It It's a lot of fun. I've been watching Let's Plays for days now on this thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, God bless. And I haven't seen it on the Switch yet. So I'm really looking forward to picking that up and having that for when we're camping out because that's just that's some beautiful you know gaming right there when you're Heck just yeah. chilling out, play some Sonic the Hedgehog for an hour and a half, go to bed. Looks like a great time, and I can't wait to get my hands on it. Absolutely, yeah. I've been keeping an eye on that too. I know they recently redid uh, like a Sonic Four is like a 2D throwback, but people have been saying like the momentum and the physics in that were all jankety. And watching, you know, just watching the gameplay of it, I could see that a little bit. Watching the gameplay of this of Sonic Mania, it looks 
like you literally just ripped old 2D Sonic out, shined him up, shined up all his levels, and put him straight back in. It looks just as fast, just as frenetic. It looks, I mean, it looks perfect. Mm-hmm. And the music, too. I don't want to, I almost oh, yeah. forgot. God bless. They nailed it. The songs are perfect. Everything about it just screams Sonic the Hedgehog. God, man. They did a great job, and mm. I'm just like super stoked about that being back. And hopefully, people get back on board with Sonic because he's had a bad run. You know, a lot of years of some pretty not so great games, and people have kind of turned their backs on him. And I'm sure they're still developing a really <laughs> crappy 3D no. Sonic the Hedgehog. They, game. Well, they are right it's now. Sonic as we Forces, speak. yes, yeah. or something like that. I think it's Sonic Forces. I'd have to check, but mm. that is coming. But I've got hope for it. I'm, if they got this no, one right, no, no, might. it's too late. No. <laughs> This uh, this one that's done by a super fan of the old games, I have faith in this. I have no faith in mainline Sonic You have Sonic no faith in Sega no, doing anything no with way. its own franchise? Never, okay, no. Well. <laughs> All righty. Well, anywho, that's out, guys and gals. You know, we've got nothing but good news for it, so if you were mildly interested, you might want to pick it up. Number four. First up for me, we got a little bit of news. I was reading earlier and saw some tweets about Mass Effect Andromeda saying, hey, the last update that we had for single player is the final single player update we're doing. There's no additional patches, no additional content, no DLC, this, that, and the other thing. We are going to do a little bit of multiplayer stuff, but other than that, this is this is the game you get. And I thought, well, I should mention that on the show, but there's not really much meat on that bone. Just, hey, they're not doing anything. Oh, man, that kind of sucks. Well, it doesn't just kind of suck. It's a big bummer. It's ridiculous. I mean, in this day and age, without DLC, it's like, what it? You're, well, your well, wait, wait. Dead. We'll get into it even more <laughs> here right. in a little bit. <laughs> Jeez, oh, Pete's mad. There is meat on that bone. <laughs> but then I was doing the show prep, and on the very front page of Kotaku, I see, oh, man, the Division's latest update is crazy, and it adds so much stuff. So I started looking into it, and hmm, here's a game for, that launched on March 8th. 2016. We got it pretty much on launch, and it added challenge modes for all the dungeons. It added incursions, which were even harder dungeons that gave you, you know, exclusive pieces of gear. Now they, they added three pieces of DLC, a, you know, procedurally generated underground dungeon crawl, a survival mode, which changed the entire playstyle of the game, an 8v8 last stand versus mode for people who don't like dark zone versus. Here's a standalone mode. And then people were like, hey, what else do you guys want? Oh, we want the PvE environment better. Now you got high-value targets. Now you got world tiers. You can crank it up and down as much as you want. And then the 1.7 patch they just released, you got cosmetics, you got gear sets, you got global events, which also changed the entire way the game's played. Outbreak mode, where you're shooting enemies. If you get a headshot on an enemy, it does splash damage to other enemies. If the enemies get too close to you, you your health starts going down. So... For 17 months, they've been working on this game and tweaking it and patching it and adding in everything that a player could want. Now, I, I've played Mass Effect. You've played Mass Effect. Mm. What do you want out of Mass Effect as a fan? Do you want more multiplayer horde mission garbage? Or do you want story? <laughs> Let me think, man. I, this is... This is a tough one, man. I'm uh, real big on that PvP for Mass Effect, you know. I'm, oh, I, yeah, I you, you talk it. about playing it all the time. Yeah, no, no, it's story. Mass Effect is story. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I've heard rumor that the PvP was actually pretty decent and a lot of fun. Well, it's but, not even. It's not even PvP. It's it's horde well, mode. So it's, it's yeah, it's a co-op. horde mode. Yeah, yeah. But whatever form of PvP you want to call it, I heard it was okay. But that is not that is not why anybody plays Mass Effect. Yeah. 
There's nobody in this world you can tell me who goes, oh, I bought Mass Effect so I could do horde mode and have a great time. No, mm. no, no, no. Yeah, so I just thought it was amazing how here's a game that came out uh, in March of this year, five months ago, and it's already gone. All right, no more support for you guys. You don't get any kind of cool things that you would want. We did a little tweak to try and fix our really crappy animations, and then that's it. Hey, here you go. We're all going to move on to new other things. And then here's Division, which they could have you know, pronounced dead at any time. Oh, yeah, they they had a rocky start, and then rocky middle, too. And I think most of the DLC was out around the beginning of this year. I You know, I think the two dropped end of last year, and then it kind of rolled over into the start of this year. But they've just been building and building and building and listening to the fans. And granted, these are two totally different types of games, mm-hmm. but I just thought it was just just mind-boggling how here's something that, you know, has been pronounced dead by people, by all the haters. All oh, that game sucks, whatever, it's garbage. And they've just continued to build on it and give the fans what they want versus, hey, here's Mass Effect. Oh, it sucked. All right, well, pff, whatever. Whatever, we're done. We give up. Yeah. Yeah. And and when I say Rocky Start, I'm not talking about in sales because Division yeah. sold like freaking hotcakes. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fact that retention was really bad. Yeah. People played it, got through the story, everybody enjoyed it, and then got to the uh, Dark Zone and went, I don't like this, this ain't fun. Mm-hmm. And then there was nothing else to do really, so they left. That's what I'm talking about. And then the player base was messed up. There were glitches everywhere. People were cheating. It was There's mm-hmm. a huge problem. If, if you've been following it at all, you, you'll all know how it had a, a bad start there. Mm. But, like Matt said, they just kept plugging. Just kept plugging away, plugging away, and now it's this healthy game, rolling mm. along, getting all sorts of cool patches, updates, whereas Mass Effect, like you said, just, oh, everybody's mad at us, didn't like it as much as the other one. Okay, eh, throw in a trash can and call Mass Effect quits. Yeah, We're instead done. of just sticking around, not even half a year they haven't stuck around. It's five months this day, and they're going, ah, well, whatever, it's done. Mm-hmm. We keep, we're not going to do anything more for you guys. This one wasn't well-received, but I've seen the passionate people on the Twitter, on the comments section, saying, you know, hey, I still love this game, you know. I'm still going to be here for anything you do put out. And they're just going, nope. No, we're done with that franchise right now. We're putting it to bed for a while. I just thought it was just kind of a baffling tale of two games here. Mm-hmm. Now, on the good end of that, though, now they're making a game that I'm super interested in, so it's fantastic. <laughs> they're Destiny clone. And that's what everyone was crapping on it for. They were like, oh, well, hey, I hope I get a discount on Anthem because I bought this crappy game that you just dropped after a handful of months. <sighs> what mm-hmm. the heck? Yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting. I think everybody will jump back on board. They'll probably forget all about this debacle in the future, but you know, maybe not. Maybe I some people know. will hold that coldness in their heart, and when the Anthem comes, won't be uh, so quick to jump on board and... We'll have to see if they actually stick to their guns and support that game and roll. Because, like we stated in the previous IG2G, they said, oh, 10 year support for Anthem, blah, 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 blah. Well, I mean, we'll see. If there's a bunch we'll of see. bugs right off the bat and people go, yeah. this is garbage, then maybe they'll just go, whatever. All right. No, we're just we going to go make uh, Dragon Age because nobody's bitched at us for that yet. Mm hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. But it's interesting to see, you know, the, the different companies and how they handle successes and failures. Mm hmm. Apparently, some do it better than others. Yeah, Ubisoft, <laughs> kings of handling business. I mean, how many games have they put out where people initially were like, "Well, whatever, I'm done," and then all of a sudden now it's this huge success. They, mm. they got they got some magic going on over there. Yeah, they're hard workers. Number three. So this one's a dark, gritty one, Matt. That's right. We've got Hellblade: Sinua's Sacrifice. This game was developed and published by Ninja Theory. 
It's been out in the wild since August 8th. This game is out for PlayStation 4 and the Windows, which is like a computer or something. Not really sure what that means, but... You don't just get a disc and throw it in the window pane and, like... Yeah, I'm not sure, man. I don't know. I don't really know. Something about Microsoft Windows. That sounds like some really small, like, easy-to-touch windows. Mm-hmm. Like, so, yeah, maybe, like, you can pl- like it reflects on the screen of a window and you can see it. I don't, I don't want my neighbor sure seeing some cool game. Jeez. Yeah, right? It's weird. Pff, whatever. I don't know. What it matters is PlayStation 4. That's right. This game. To get in on this one, it's a weird one. And I, this is another one where I've watched some Let's Plays for a few hours of. Cause it, you know what? Let's just face the facts, boys and girls. Eric's got these kids. Eric has no money. So Eric lives <laughs> vicarious through other people. That's true. <laughs> and Let's Plays. And gets all of his information by watching other people play the game and beat the game. So I've watched this one get played through a large chunk. And it's about a girl, Senua. And she's a warrior. And something bad went down. In her village, her little Celtic village, and her boyfriend slash mate, whatever you want to call him, was dragged off, killed, something like that, by these Northmen. Mm-hmm. So the whole story is now she's heading into the Northmen's country. She's trying to head into Helheim to get her husband's spirit back or you know, and bring it back to rest, whatever. She's going to hell, basically, right? Yeah, she's going yeah. to hell, basically, to get him back. Now, the cool part about this is is she's messed up in the head. She hears voices. Mm. And as the player, you hear said voices. So it's recommended that if you pick up this game, you have a really good headset because the whole game, these voices are just chittering and chattering and whispering in your head. And, nice. and you know, she, while she's pursuing it, you know, the one voice is like, you need to turn back. This is stupid. It's dangerous. You're going to die. This is the dumbest thing ever. And there's this other voice like, I think they know you're here. They can hear you. They can hear you. You know, so awesome. it's just this constant chatter. And then there's another voice that's like the breaking the fourth wall and who's talking directly to you, kind of telling you what's going on, how things are playing out. Mm-hmm. And it's just a brutal and beautiful game. There's dead bodies hanging everywhere, dark mists and whatnot. And the gist of it is you're going on. It's, it's you know, there's some combat. So it's a hack and slasher adventure type game. But it's not really focused on the hack and slash. It exists. It's there. It's functional. But you basically fight the same three, four enemy types. It's not that interesting, except for the bosses. They're pretty cool. They're really cool, actually. But the main focus is, like, the puzzles. It's actually like a puzzle game. There's huh. these constantly, yeah, you gotta you get this vision, and then you got to, like, match up these shadows and these different parts and ah, pieces. That's and- what I was looking at. I, I've, I've tried to watch a couple Let's Plays myself, and the one that I got in that wasn't just a guy sitting there looking at a blank screen and talking to the chat mm-hmm. was he was looking at this weird like vision thing and going and speaking like in German and trying to like put stuff together to figure it out and I was like I don't know what's going on I'm I'm scared it's Germans I'm off Yeah it. it's it's like a, there'll be like a symbol or a way you got to get through this door and then you got to find it in the natural environment and piecing mm-hmm. together like the environment and then Boop, once you've put it together, the door or the pathway will open and you can progress forward. Okay. So this game, you know, consists of a lot of different puzzle types like that going through and of course just dealing with the voices in your head and everything that's going on, trying to piece together what's what's going on with this chick. She's uh she's got this skull that she carries in a bag and I presume it's his head. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or her boyfriend or, you know, whatever mate's head. Right. And it, it, it like breathes heavily and it's it's just a weird game, man. Cool. You know, but I was instantly 
loving it because, like I said, you don't see many games that have that dark, really weird, just mm-hmm. Silent Hill kind of vibe going for it. And that's go, what yeah. this had, which, you know, I miss. I miss deeply, you know. I can't tell you how heartbroken I was about PT, man. <laughs> it still hurts oh, my heart man. today. <laughs> it hurts my heart, and I didn't even get to download the demo to play it because I didn't have a uh, PS4 at that time. By the time I got it, it was uh, gone. But speaking of Senua's Sacrifice, the thing that attracted me to it or really piqued my interest about it was I was on Twitter and saw it trending, I think, the day that it launched or the day after or the day before, whatever. But people were saying, hey, there's this weird permadeath mechanic where, you know, the result of whatever bad thing happened to her, she gets like this black goo on her arm. And each time you die, the black goo gets up and it like it travels up her arm a little farther and if it gets up to the top of her head you die but not only that it erases all your save files so you got to start from the beginning that's what i've heard and as soon as i saw it i was like that's amazing i want to play that right now i want that you know i'm not a big permadeath guy i'm not a roguelike guy i don't like that kind of stuff but for some reason this like if you die too many times your progress is just wiped, and you just got to start over. I mean, that's old school. That's brutal. It really piqued my interest. That I was just like, damn, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I do want to clarify, we talked about a little off show, but uh, I'm not sure if that's been completely debunked or whether it's just uh, the death count's way higher than expected. Um, I've heard reports that people died quite a few times, but it never actually killed them off. So I don't know what the logistics are on that, if it's just some high count or if they're in easy mode, so therefore it doesn't actually do it. I don't know. I would assume that if you're playing it on, like, super brutal, then it's totally there and it's a you know a mm-hmm. viable thing. I mean, why why wouldn't you? That's, that's, it's another, it's another it's awesome, unique right? thing to your mm-hmm. game, that if you want to play a brutal, dark, disturbing, you know, mind F of a game... That will also kill you if you f it up too much. That's perfect. Well, it makes sense because yeah, like you said, it adds the tension to you, the player, actually exactly. now because you're seeing the corruption go up her arm and then up into her head, and you're like freaking out because you're like, if I die, I can't die anymore. Oh, mm. I'm gonna lose my game. I'm gonna be pissed. You know. Plus, I'm sure at some point, you know, once you get to the next point or I don't know, save spot or torch or you know bonfire or whatever it is, it'll decrease it so you're not just effed for the whole game but i just i just love the thought of that pressure uh i'm really effing up this boss fight well i gotta figure it out soon because i'm dead if i'm dead otherwise mm-hmm. as far as i know it does not go back down whatsoever okay well, where still. it is stays where it is so but that would encourage you i mean you go back through it doing speed runs you'd be johnny badass for that first boss if you've gone through it a few times you know all his steps all his weaknesses mm-hmm. oh man it's a good one, and it's moderately priced, too. Yeah, I saw that. It's about a six-hour game, but they said the quality of it's AAA, and I can attest to that. You know, yeah. I watched it play. The graphics are beautiful. The controls look really nice. So they definitely did a really good job with that. Well worth the money if you got a couple bucks set aside. If not, go donate some plasma, you know. Get yourself a little weak in the head, and Absolutely. then go straight home and play it, and that'll be perfect. Then you'll hear voices, and you'll exactly. hear the voices and in the game, too. and you'll hear other voices. It'll be great. Perfect day. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Number 
Now taking it from dark and gritty and disturbing and scary and, oh my goodness, what's going to happen to me? I'm going to go to bright and loud and colorful and just ridiculous over the top. It's Agents of Mayhem, developed by Volition, published by Deep Silver, the guys who brought you Saints Row. So of course it's not a big serious game. This is a third-person shooter all about a team of three crazy agents with crazy powers that you can swap in and out on the fly, swapping between going through a futuristic version of Seoul, South Korea, you're basically a secret agent team, a special agent team, going against some supervillains who are trying to take over the world or do whatever else it is that supervillains do. I'm only a handful of hours into the game, so I don't know if the plot like super develops and maybe you're actually the bad guys and they're the good guys. Who knows? All I know is it's over-the-top action. Every character's got over-the-top abilities, and like I said, you can swap between them on the fly. Crazy characters, you're building up your base, you're unlocking vehicles, unlocking abilities, unlocking new tech, new equipment, all kinds of crazy stuff. Each agent has different solo missions that you can take them on. If you're trying to, you know, build up your rep with Kingpin, if you're trying to uh, find the cure for the plague with Rama. You're doing those solo, so it's really getting you into their shoes. If you don't use them that much, mastering their abilities, seeing what exactly they can do. Man, all kinds of good stuff. I've, I've been eating it up with a spoon. This is another one I've been watching Let's Plays like nobody's business. I'm about eight, nine hours into uh, some Let's Plays with this one, and I love how you get the three characters they all have you very unique abilities, and then you mm. mix and match them depending on what the mission says. You know you need or what you you know you personally enjoy. Yep. And it's just gosh bless. And I'll tell you this though, some characters are way more powerful than others from what I've been seeing so far. Yeah. They've got Gat in there, and uh, and oh, he's yeah. ridiculously overpowered. That guy. He's Johnny Gat though. You can't know, not be overpowered as Johnny Gat. Holy Gatt. cow! And you know you got Daisy with that minigun. You got Rama with the bow and arrows. You know, it's just every character is very, very unique. Yeah. And has a huge different array of, like, skills and ways you go about killing everybody. And that just just reminds me of, like, them old school, you know, old school PC games where, you know, mm. you're like, oh, like a Diablo-esque type thing, you know, going, except it's quicker with three different characters and then they got their banter and their own personality every time you're playing with them. Mm. I enjoyed it. I think it's really cool. Oh, yeah. I like. I think the level, you know, the Seoul, South Korea, whatever, has mm. a lot of uh, you know vibe, good vibe to it. It oh, feels yeah, good. It looks good. And when you're out there, you know, you feel like you're actually traversing a nice little chunk of area. It's not like oh, the same stupid little pathway, and then that's it. Blah blah blah. Mm. Yeah, a couple other things that we did touch on a little bit. You know, with the crazy abilities. Also in this game, there's, you know, like stat buffs and debuffs. So it's a little bit more than just like your your Saints Row run and shoot and just, you know, throw an ability out. If the boss comes up with shields, you can get your agent that takes down shields really quick. You can freeze him. You can debuff him. You can buff yourself up with certain abilities. And you can slot in new upgrade cores for all your agents to upgrade their abilities even further in addition to gadgets you can swap out that also change their abilities. Mm -hmm. So you can really be rolling with a totally unique, totally diverse crew being able to handle every situation. I will say, as a Saints Row fan, the difference between the two, uh, as far as control styles-wise, it's a little bit weird for me right now because the shooting is a lot tighter than Saints Row, which feels weird in this goofy, fun environment. And I mean, it's more of a third-person shooter than Saints Row ever was. Mm -hmm. But then 
sometimes the the traversal is still that loose kind of floaty Saints Row feel. So it's kind of a weird, kind of like a weird tone as far as controls go. I'm still enjoying the heck out of the game. It just kind of feels, I got to get into it after a few minutes and then, then it feels natural. From what I watched play, it, it did look like the controls were very tight. He didn't have any issues with taking down baddies, keeping focused on the uh, boss. He was using hard tech, and he would just, you know, he'd use uh, the other character who'd get the shields down, like you were talking about, mm-hmm. and then he'd just jump straight in, easy peasy, and then shotgun one of the bosses. And yeah. it was just very fluid. It looked easy to do. It looked fun to do. And that, you know, that sold me because you know, nothing mm. makes me angrier than when you're trying to like jump and it's kind of squirrely and then you're like missing the platforms. And, yeah, that's and this true. happens a lot in these third person games. So to see him able to, on a moving platform, jump straight in with no issue, shotgun him in the face, jump back out to where he wanted to be, mm-hmm. immediately switch over characters, start shooting bows and arrows like nobody's business at the shields and such. That looked great. It looked like it felt great. Oh, so yeah. I think they did a fantastic job. But this game's been getting a hard rap. So. It has been? Yeah, all over the place. It's either really good, really bad. All the different sites are going back and forth on it. So I don't know. You know, it's This is one of those ones where, I guess, depending on what camp you're in. <laughs> I feel like you have to be in the right mood for this game. I feel like Saints Row 4 and Saints Row 3 to a lesser extent. But the Saints Row series is has a little bit more general appeal than this. But if you're a fan of Saints Row, you're I think you're going to like Agents of Mayhem. If you're a fan of any of the, the other stuff Volition's done, Red Faction Armageddon, it's this feels I would almost say closer to that as far as the tightness of the controls versus a, you know, something wild and freewheeling like Saints Row. But if you're a fan of, of Volition, definitely pick this up. It's out for Xbox 1, PS4, PC, 60 bucks. 60 bucks well spent in my opinion. I'd have to agree. Everything I see looks solid. Pick it up and enjoy your weekend. A lot of cursing, a lot of swearing, all that other good stuff, so make sure you're aware of that. It well, is Of course, it's Volition, know. man. Come yeah. on. <laughs> Just making sure, you know, I don't want anybody going, oh, God, this game was terrible. My son's, no way. <laughs> I saw shiny bright colors, so I gave it to little Billy at eight years old, and then he called me a f- later. It does look like that type of game, but yeah, it's it not does. whatsoever. So it Well, is Saints, Saints Row did, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, Saints Row 4 looked like Tron, which is squeaky clean as you can exactly. be. Exactly. So just a little warning. Make sure, it's, you know, you're an adult. Yeah. Or don't care if your kid has that kind of stuff. Whatever floats your boat. Exactly. Number one. So last topic today. Everybody knows, or maybe everybody doesn't know, that this week, Tuesday through Thursday, I believe it is, we've discussed it before, is going to be Gamescom. There's a reason to be excited about this? Maybe? I mean, maybe, maybe there'll be a couple games and stuff. I don't know. Is this like maybe a... just a couple? I don't like know. A, like an old school, like a pinball, like convention get together is this i don't know that's why i hear it well it's over in germany so who knows what it's about so yeah this sucker's taking place over in germany this week so it's gonna be odd hours for everybody over here in america i think it's like 9 a.m when this starts up on tuesday for over here eastern time i don't know Mm. what it is specific all the other times all i do but i'm not gonna say it because you know you figure it out so anyways i thought we'd go ahead and i got two things that i'm very interested in and i thought you could come up with two things that you're very interested in so hey, the boys and girls at home know a few things going on at Gamescom this year in case they're not paying close attention. Now, I've been hearing that Bandai Namco is going to be there, and they're going to be showing off Dragon Ball Fighter Z, I believe is what it's called, the new Dragon Ball Z, obviously, uh-huh, uh-huh. fighting game. And we did see a trailer for this at E3, and I was going to put it in my, you know, my most excitable things I'm just all over the top about, but there were so many other good things that this, this kind of just, just a little bit outside of that top five list. 
But when this was announced and they showed the trailer, this looks like Dragon Ball Z come to life in a video game form. I have never seen a better looking Dragon Ball Z game than this. I I hope the gameplay, you know, is up to snuff with it. It, you know, from the trailers and the stuff we've seen, it looks like it is. Everything looks smooth and punchy and just impactful, just like all the best Dragon Ball Z stuff always was back in the day. So, I'm really looking forward to seeing more of that, seeing some gameplay, seeing some let's plays from the, you know, the show floor. I want to see more about that cuz I want that in my hands right now. I'm actually kind of looking forward to that one, too. I probably won't get it, honestly. I'm not a big mm. fighting kind of game guy. I get too angry too quick. But uh, Well, that helps you <laughs> out because you go Super Saiyan. And you just well, if I could go Super Saiyan in real life, fantastic. Yes, I would get that angry would... every day all the time. I've seen you go Super Saiyan in real life <laughs> and choke James and punch a door and hey, all kinds hey, of things. come on. Hey, well, you know. <laughs> Squaresoft's promised that at Gamescom this year they've got a big old announcement for Final Fantasy XV. For those of you who may or may not know, I played this game extensively, beat the crap out of it, almost got a platinum, but kind of backed out. You know, Boo. I didn't want to. Loser! I didn't want to de- botch battle, you homo. <laughs> I didn't want to dedicate the time to do a couple of the you know last tough ones, so I'll, I'll stand. I'll stand firm and tall at like 90 percent finish rate. It's fine that, with me. It's better than most people, I'm yeah. sure. But I did very well with that game. I enjoyed that game a lot personally, and they've got the uh, they've already got a couple expansions, you know, coming out with uh, the side characters. So I'm interested to see what this one's all about. I haven't been following it too closely, but as soon as I heard that Final Fantasy's got a big announcement, I went, "Oh, what? I'm on board!" So I can't wait to tune in and see what all Squaresoft's off to. I'm hoping, as a side note, I'm hoping that besides just talking about Final Fantasy 15, they maybe mention a little bit about the. Um, the smaller game they have coming to the Switch. And I forget the title of that game because it's really long and ridiculous and everybody was making fun of it. <laughs> it's a big, like, Latin one, like Decidia. No, it, no, it really wasn't. It, it was something just like Lunar Strings Tatched to Moonkind Love, like something like that. It was just awesome. made no sense. It was a classic Square Enix title that makes no sense. Fantastic. One of those ones that's like six kanji and they just have to like extrapolate meaning yeah, out of it. Awesome. Exactly. So I hope they mentioned something about that as well. So it's kind of a, a hidden gem, a hidden dream I have for it. Just pumped about it because I do love Squaresoft still, even after they've broken my heart a few times. I wish I could love them again. I, I love them for the side projects, maybe. There you go. Except, Except they just got rid of Hitman, so F them. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so next up, let's all get in our Blizzard bunker. Put on your little Blizzard, right. Blizzard branded parka because we're talking about two Blizzard games we're excited about. Up for me first, it's Overwatch, of course. Set to be announced at Gamescom. They're supposed to have a new animated short that's going to be shown off. And if nobody knows, Blizzard makes pretty much the best animated shorts ever, whether Mm -hmm. it's for Diablo or StarCraft or World of Warcraft or Overwatch. They're always fantastic. They're always just... Oh, just premium oh, quality. Just beautiful. Oh, People have been goodness. begging them for years to do their own actual movie, et cetera, mm. et cetera. And yeah. then they did, and everyone hated it. Hey. Well, no, they didn't They didn't actually make it themselves. <laughs> it was done with your typical you know, Hollywood studios and stuff. They were just, of course, behind it I and know, supporting I it. So I'm, I'm just messing with it. <sighs> Breaks my heart. But not only that, they're going to be showing off and revealing a new Overwatch map and... More maps is more good times, man. I love the Horizon Lunar Colony that came out earlier this year, so I'm excited to see what they got next. Give me more Overwatch, man. Give me oh, more. you want? I well, I ain't gonna give you more Overwatch. I'm gonna I'm switching no, this bus. No, they give me more. Oh, Overwatch, okay, man. yeah. You, they, I'm you not gonna give you more Overwatch. Stuff. 
I'm just going to switch. I mean, you should. <laughs> you, we should. We should have more Overwatch right now. Give it to me more. That would be nice. I'd love to sit here and play some Overwatch for a couple hours. But, uh-huh. you know, unfortunately, life does not allow that right now. So I'm switching the tracks, staying with the Blizzard camp, as we said, and I'm going over to World of Warcraft. This isn't official, but from what I hear, from what I hear, and this is pretty good sources, they're going to be announcing their new expansion at Gamescom this year. Oh, boy. Yes. So I'm super stoked about this. All I know is we're going to Argus, so the world's literally getting left behind, going to a new place, new area. Things are hitting the fan. And it looks like we might actually get rid of the demons once and for all. And oh, with the new expansion, what the heck are we going to do then? You know, are we going to go to the void, get rid of all those guys? If you don't know what I'm talking about, it doesn't matter. I'm just excited about it. I don't know and... what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been playing World of Warcraft for basically 12 years now. And I don't play as much as I used to, but it's still just like this nice chunk of my life basically inside of me. So I can't mm. not be excited for anything that's talked about. So if you like World of Warcraft or interested in MMOs, that's definitely the one to pick up. It's definitively the best MMO there ever is and was. And I'm excited to hear about what they got in store for us at Gamescom because, honestly, I didn't think they were going to have such big announcements because they do their own shindig, the BlizzCon, which is yeah. coming up soon as well. So I'm like, exactly. wow, you're gonna if you're hitting the fan with Gamescom with all this cool stuff, what the hell's in store for BlizzCon? Who knows, man? So it's nothing we'll but excitement, tuned. man. The Blizzard camp's all buzz, and of course, all them uh, designers, developers, etc. They've been out, you know, on this secret project for over a year now. So mm. I'm wondering now if they're putting all these big, cool announcements here at Gamescom. Maybe it's because they've got an actual new IP or something going on for BlizzCon. Oh, there you go. Exciting Good times, thing. you guys. Pay attention because Blizzard's gonna be dropping some bombs. Heck yeah, and we'll be here to, to cradle them and catch them and then give them to you guys. You'll have all the news just from us. That's right. Obviously, next time you hear from us at IG2G, we'll be talking all about what happened at GamesCon and what we're excited for, what's coming out, all that other good stuff. Absolutely. Other than that, let's wrap it up. Imposters Wrap Up. So, of course, this podcast is brought to you under the Third Shift Network, so if you guys got any questions for us, any concerns, any suggestions, if you just want to say hi, you can do that via email at info at thirdshift.me. You can tweet at us at thirdshiftme, and you can find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Heck yeah, and as always, we've got a Patreon set up. We treat it like a tip jar, so if you like what you hear, you thought somebody was funny or got some good information out there, hey, head on over there, give out 50 cents, a buck, whatever you think it was worth. We appreciate it most astutely. We uh, use all those funds to improve the show, improve what we're doing over here, and if you can't, that's fine too. Understand money's money. It's very important to everybody. Maybe give us a comment. Maybe give us some questions. Like us on Facebook. Like us on all the other good things. Give us five-star reviews, as maybe Matt might talk about. Any of those things would work. We just appreciate you guys. Or, hey, just keep listening because that's the most important by God's. We appreciate you guys and hope to hear from you soon, man. Yep. And this podcast, of course, drops every two weeks. So we'll be back in your ear holes on the 5th of September for our very next episode. And you can find those episodes on iTunes, on Stitcher, and on Podbean. And as Eric said, if you like what we're doing and you want to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services because it does help us out and we really do appreciate it. Yes, we do. Bam, 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 bam. And if you got nothing else to say, Matt, I got nothing but. All right. Don't Don't forget forget to to save. save.